Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Francisco L. Borges and the Melville Charitable Trust. Mm, hey, I just met you, but I got a feeling we could have some blurred lines when everybody's in the house tonight. But then I kissed a girl and it got hot in here, so take off all your clothes. Oh, uh, what are you doing? I'm trying to write the song of the summer. It's got to have sex and joy and heat and sex and a catchy hook. How do you like this for a hook? Promiscuous boy, I'm all alone. Let's use protection from STDs. Um, it's a little clinical, right? Also, and I say this as a friend, you're writing a terrible song. No, no, no that's not even the point. We're in this era of post-music music. The music is no longer the point, it's the positioning. And if I get it right, think of all the good I can do with the money. I can build an orphanage in Santa Furtado. Santa Furtado? There's no such place as that. Okay, go ahead, Greg. Just pick my dreams apart. Kion, I'm not... Oh, wait, wait. I think I heard something in there. Promiscuous boy, pick my dreams apart. Go ahead. You know you want to. Uh, no, this this will not work. In the video, I'm naked and a dog bites my leg while I'm trying to move a turtle. For no reason. Today on the show, our music mavens wrinkle their noses and grit their teeth and try to talk about this year's song of the summer. And now his Iggy Azalea has crown rot and leaf spots. Colin McEnroe. I may have overwatered it. I may have overwatered my Iggy Azalea. Uh, please don't do that, by the way. Just a public health tip. Do not overwater your Iggy Azalea. All right, you're going to be tempted, maybe more than once, to turn off the radio today as we talk about the 2014 Song of the Summer with Wally Lamb, Eric Danton, and Joan Holiday. Believe me, you can't possibly feel grouchier about it than they do. But bear with us. <laughs> Uh, if our mission is to understand our cultural moment, then we must understand Iggy Azalea. Although on Facebook, the quote of the day on Facebook is from someone named Laurentia Burson Cypress, who writes, acceptance of social anomalies like Iggy Azalea, deep fried Twinkies, and Duck Dynasty leads to grace. Uh, so that could be true. So the notion here is that there's a song of the summer, that there's one song, one song that's the song of the summer. Critic Amanda Dobbins writes, this is usually when somebody raises his hand and is like, oh, I've really been enjoying the new Spoon single. That's my song of the summer, which no. Let's be clear about how this works. There is no such thing as a personal song of the summer. We do not anoint multiple songs of the summer. There can only be one. The song of the summer, by its very definition, is a consensus choice. It is the song that wrecks wedding dance floors. It is the song that you and your mother begrudgingly agree on, even though your mom has no idea what rhymes with hug me, but won't stop yelling it in public. It does not necessarily have to hit number one on the charts, but it should be on the charts because it must be widely played. It must bring people together. It must be a shared enthusiasm. There are other approaches to this whole idea. I'll share them with you in just a second, but I want to introduce the panel. Wally Lamb is the author of many books, including We Are Water and Wishing and Hopin', which is just beginning film production. He is also considered the king of Eastern Connecticut chill wave. Eric Danton, <laughs> <laughs> Eric Danton is a writer and music reviewer for Rolling Stone and the Wall Street Journal. He's the man who coined the phrase manic pixie Norwegian death bubblegum. And Joan Holiday. Still my favorite genre. Yeah, 
absolutely. Joan Holiday <laughs> is a radio host on The River 93.9, where she plays classic Turkish pop and math <laughs> rock. Uh, so they couldn't be bigger music experts uh, if I cast a wider net. 860-275-7266 is your number to call in as we go along here. If you just want to yell, stop, stop, don't play those songs anymore. Or if you have your own idea about what the song of the summer is. So, uh, once again, 860-275-7266. Do not turn off your radio, no matter how much we upset you. So, um, you know, I'm going to start with you, Wally, because uh, I think of all of us, you got the grouchiest about all this music. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. And do you think, I mean, but we all get a little bit grouchy about it, and nobody's really too crazy about most of the songs that we're going to be talking about today. And I'm trying to figure out whether we're just getting older and are incapable of sharing the enthusiasms of 19-year-old college students or whether it's just the music's getting really crummy? Well, I vote for the music is getting really crummy (laughs) and also very narcissistic. So it is uh, – the quote that you you read a few minutes ago uh, said something about uh, Iggy Azalea being an anomaly. I don't think she is. I think she sort of is in the same category as, you know – um, selfies and I'm wonderful where we're all suddenly our own uh, publicists. <laughs> we are our own, our own publicists. Now, there's a quotable line out of today and we're only two minutes in here. <laughs> Good job, Wally. Actually, before I go to uh, Joan and Eric about this, rather than having uh, Iggy Azalea remain an abstraction for you, those of you who have kept your minds pure and your ears clean, um, let's uh, play a little bit. Of the, okay, now let me set the stage here. At the moment, or at least in the week or two preceding this very moment, which may, may, by the way, be a turning point in the summer, it looked as though the dispositive runaway choice for Song of the Summer was, in fact, a song called Fancy by someone named Iggy Azalea. All right, you are now fully prepared to listen to a little bit of Fancy by Iggy Azalea. First things first, I'm the realest. realest. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down. Like I'm giving lessons in physics. Right, right. You should want a bad bitch like this. Huh? Drop it low and pick it up just like this. Yeah. Cup of ace, cup of goose, cup of Chris. I heal something worth a half a ticket on my wrist. Back. On my wrist. Taking all the liquor straight. Never chase that. Never stop like we bring an 88 back. What? Bring the hood scene where the bass at. Champagne spilling, you should taste that. Now I should probably get Wally to say that thing again. Iggy Azalea is not an anomaly because what was that again? Because I was you kind of just sum it up kind of per- perfectly, whatever that was. Well, it's a, she's, uh, she's part of the culture of selfies, and um, you know, aren't I great? And let's all publicize ourselves. I uh, I just also want to say, Colin, that um, while I was listening to that little snatch, even um, I felt like going Van Gogh and cutting both of my ears. <laughs> yeah, the double Van Gogh. Yeah. It's a rare move. So. Um, <laughs> Joan Holiday, is there anything that you might want to say that would help you uh, help the listener understand what it is 
yeah. that, that they're hearing. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I can help the listener understand. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it, I mean, when you're talking about Kion saying post-music music, well, this is definitely it. Before I heard the song, I heard Iggy, Azalea, and I thought, well, Iggy is hopeful, right? I like Iggy Pop. I heard the song, and I'm like, this song has no soul, no hope. It's nothing but superficiality and hype, and and it's not even catchy. <laughs> I just think it's a terrible song. All right, so um, we need to set the stage a little bit more, uh, and so we'll go to Eric Danton for this. But by the way, as I say, if you have your own thoughts about this, 860-275-7266. Based on every metric and every critical assessment at the moment, Fancy was sort of the reigning song of the summer. There may be a change in the wind right at this moment. But first of all, I mean, maybe not everybody even quite understands who Iggy Azalea is. They may think that she's an African-American hip-hop artist, which she despite her southern Atlanta crunk sound, is not. As opposed to an Australian white girl? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is what she is. Yeah. I like that she says that she wants to bring 88 back because I'm not sure she was born in 1988. Uh, also, Where I'm the concerned. song of the summer was Roll With It by Steve <laughs> Winwood, too, which is so I don't really <laughs> quite get that. But I'm anyway. also concerned about her hearing because she asks where the bass is at, and it seems pretty prominent to me. So. Yeah, I could hear that. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, this song, it's kind of a ringer. Mm. Isn't it? Because, you know, there's a story in the Washington Post, I think, last week or the week before about this song. This song was chosen by Clear Channel radio programmers. The devil. And after it was chosen, every Clear Channel top 40 station was required to play it 150 times. So why is it at the top of the charts? It's not necessarily because people are buying it. The Billboard charts are based on sales and, and airplay. So... I'm not positive that this is the viral choice. I think it may be the Clear Channel choice. Um, our uh, intern, Allison Rhododendron, very similar to Iggy Azalea, is saying that <laughs> it also flies in the face of what another Australian artist, Lord, was singing about in Royals, which is sort of like, you know, antithetical to all that sort of bling and, and crystal and stuff like that. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I mean, there's been some beef between Iggy and Lord. Has well. there really been? I think uh-huh. there has been. Yeah. Well, yeah. Lord is New Zealand, from New Zealand. Yeah. Oh. She's well, a see, Kiwi. Just, Don't make a mess. I just made a big mistake right there. So um, I'll, I'll offer a mild <laughs> defense. Uh, I will be sort of the court appointed lawyer for Iggy Azalea and Fancy. And I'll just sort of say this that. Um, uh, it has – I can sort of get what's happening here. First of all, it does have a fairly sort of stripped-down style, which is kind of interesting. I mean, it's all built around that bass line that is apparently not being played on an actual bass. But, uh, oh, it's definitely a synthesizer. Yeah, no so a synthesized kind of bass thing. It's got that kind of sound to it. And I do think that one thing increasingly that a song of the summer has to have is some kind of visual – um, pairing, you know. So, I mean, with Blurred Lines, they deliberately made... Blurred Lines was the song of the summer last summer, for those of you who just check out on all this stuff. <laughs> um, and <laughs> so Blurred Lines was the song of the summer last summer. They deliberately made a video that they knew would get banned because because they thought that was a good strategy. Make a video that's so salacious, so NSFW, that it will get banned. Um, and that became a little bit, I think, of the signature of the song. In this case, Iggy Azalea and her yellow plaid skirt suit you know, we, wagging her finger from from a lectern is you're shaking your head like you're not happy about it. But that's sort of part of the signature of the song, right? You listen to the song, and because people, I mean, it has a, a visual image that goes with it. Well, all these songs, really, the visual image that goes with them, all the songs that we're talking about, is in the video, and all these videos are filled with uh, generous decolletage. Let's say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Actually, generous decolletage is also a New Zealand artist. Um, <laughs> That'll be next summer's. Next next summer's. <laughs> and my next book title. Yeah. <laughs> well, your book titles always have to be uh, song titles. Yeah. Well, we right. better make the song. So fancy could be your next. Uh, but, you know, I mean, a little bit of the no- notion of the song of the summer, I was thinking about this, is in the future Wally Lamb novel, that is set in the summer of 2014. The song of the summer is what comes pouring out of the radio when one of your emotionally oppressed characters turns on the radio and here's a song he probably doesn't like very much. But that's the song, right? It's the song that, says, that locates you, that locates a character, a novelist, a, a human being in a particular time. Culture and is time and place. Yeah, right. sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, the characters that would be remembering this song – Though when you're, you know, this music, I don't think Colin is aimed at 19-year-olds. I was recently on a family vacation, and the ones who knew this song and sang it relentlessly were my 10-year-old nephew Sebastian and my 9-year-old niece Faith. They were the ones who were obsessed with Fancy and with another song on our list, Wiggle. You know, I think this music is aimed at the pre-tween set because then you get it stuck in their heads and they walk around singing it and they become pop music consumers or pop culture consumers. Ah. Well, we'll get to Wiggle in a, or should we get to Wiggle right now? I mean, Wiggle, what are we waiting for? Wiggle to me, <laughs> Wiggle by Jason Derulo makes fancy sound like, you know, the ode to joy or something. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, and I think Wiggle by Jason Derulo. I have like a lot of other parallel and un related reasons to hate Jason Derulo. But I think this stands as – I mean, you'd ha- I think you'd agree, Eric, that people – that artists now consciously, you know, try to get to be the song of the summer. I mean, not everybody, but there, you can listen to a few of these songs and think, yeah, Usher, when, Usher, who's had a song of the summer, maybe two even, in the past, thought, oh, I'm going to try to do it again. And they try, they try to come up with what they think is the formula. I think that's right. And I think – we make a mistake when we buy into that premise. The Pulitzer's doesn't award a prize in every category every year. There isn't necessarily one song of the summer every year either, in my estimation. And this might be a summer when there's not. I was going to say especially this summer. All right. So here's, here's a crass attempt to make the song of the summer. It's by an artist named Jason Derulo who's on the television in the gym where I work out way too much. But that's a whole separate issue. Here's Wiggle. I got one question. How'd you fit all that in them jeans? <laughs> you know what to do with that big fat butt. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Just a little bit of. All right, we just lost every listener over 58, I'd say. But even that song is a ripoff of that LMFAO song from a few years ago. The yep. Wiggle, Wiggle, party Wiggle. Rock, party rock, yeah. oh, party rock anthem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, which was the song of the summer that year. Although sure. when we did, we did that was 2011, and I think we got it wrong. We didn't realize, and it's exa- an example. We did this show around that the same time of year in 2011, and I, th- I forget what we thought it was, but we didn't really see Party Rock Anthem coming, partly because it's actually a fairly terrible song. But it's <laughs> at, least, at least it's you. fun, though. It, it is fun. And, and then Springsteen did that great parody of it with, uh, with Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so uh, we have um, – uh, actually, our tweet master, Greg Hill, says his two-year-old daughter loves fancy. 
if you need to talk to us, 860-275-7266. If you need to uh, complain to the program director, uh, that's your problem. Uh, 860-275-7266. And you may also tweet us at WNPR Colin. So um, th- there actually is a song that's coming up on the outside rail. And, and even on the charts, it seems to have maybe overtaken fancy. Uh, it is uh, called Rude. It is by Magic. Uh, these are rude boys from the shanty towns of Toronto. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so anyway, well, here's here's uh, rude by Magic, or possibly the obverse of that. Saturday morning, jumped out of bed and put on my best suit. Got in my car, raced like a jet all the way to. I think you get it. Uh, they are Canadian. They are uh, four Canadian guys. They are currently number one on the charts. They are the first uh, band of Canadian musicians to top the Billboard Hot 100 since anybody. Joni, you'll be able to come up with this one. I don't know. Bachman Turner Overdrive. No. <laughs> Gordon no, Lightfoot. Something much more nefarious <laughs> and horrible than either one of the things you just said. Oh, think Bieber? Of, no, think of something even worse than that. Oh, I, he, I think hard. he's a he's a Canadian single artist, so he doesn't really count. First Canadian band, last Canadian band was Nickelback, actually. A decade uh, ago. See, I told you it was something more nefarious. So, but while you kind of like Rude a little, at least compared to how you felt about everything else. Yeah, um, of all of the candidates that we listened to and considered, I like this the best. Um, I'm just a, a sucker for a, a reggae riff. Um, I um, will I listen to it happily. Yes. Will I download it? Um, and buy it? No. All right. Uh, that actually sounds – that was getting close to a rap all by itself. It like, <laughs> <laughs> could be a rap about like what you'll buy and what you won't. We do have some interesting songs, uh, uh, some um, calls coming in here. But let's, let's sort of talk about this a little bit more. So this is – I mean, you know, uh, Wally said that the Iggy Azalea song Fancy is sort of basically one big, huge musical selfie, which I would sort of agree. Look at me, look at me. This is actually sort of a song with a story, right? The whole sure, idea the thwarted teen love. Yeah. Yeah. At first, when he started singing – and he's saying, I, I came to ask you a question, but I know you're an old-fashioned man. I thought it was about a gay romance. I thought, oh, this is kind of sweet. And then, oh, he's asking her dad. It's tough enough being Canadian reggae artist. Make, being gay Canadian reggae artist would be asking Maybe too much. Too really. much. It's more, than, more baggage than any one band can handle. In the video, um, the father slams the door on, uh, you know, on the singer. Why? He got to be so rude. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, I could definitely relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> As the singer or the father? <laughs> As the dater. As the listener. Oh, you, so you've had father slam the door in your face? Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> they were so wrong. Uh, yeah, they didn't and I have sons, so, 
you know, I didn't have to slam any doors. <laughs> so somebody's tweeting, shouldn't this show be called the worst of the summer's music? All this stuff is bland and boring. Well, you know, I, there is sort of an interesting parallel thing, Eric, going on uh, between Iggy Azalea and Magic, well, the creators of Root, which is there are debates about appropriation, right? I mean, Iggy Azalea is Australian. She's appropriating sort of Atlanta-style, TI-influenced uh, you know, crunk hip hop uh, sounds, and and here's a bunch of white guys from Canada. Uh, uh, there's a famous Andy Samberg video called Ross Trent, which sort of makes fun of the whole idea of being a a white a reggae guy. Um, I don't know. I mean, the appropriation debate isn't anything new. Oh, is there anything new about this? There's nothing new about this song. No, I mean they might as well have had a, a cameo from Snow on it, the the <laughs> Toronto rapper who did Informer, you know, the reggae guy who did Informer twenty odd years ago. Uh, the appropriation thing, I think, loses some steam. 1993. In, was it 93? Okay. I was close, 20 yeah, years. Yeah. Uh, the appropriation thing, I think, loses some steam in the digital era where regional scenes can blow up and be found by anyone anywhere. So uh, a white girl from Australia doing Atlanta-style crunk rap, you know, that's not that far-fetched. It's easy to find that stuff online. Uh, Toronto reggae band sounding like... Uh, you know, some kind of dub act from Kingston. Again, not that far-fetched. I'm not sure they're doing it all that convincingly. Mm. But, you know, it's it's up to them if they want to do it, and they're obviously having success. But that, but think of all of the artists that got ripped off in the 50s and, and early 60s, the, uh, you know, artists of color who mm-hmm. were, uh, you know, sort of co-opted by... And then, by and, the then the, and then the white uh, performers had the big hits and made the money on it. But I do think the internationalization of even the basest forms of pop music, which is what we're talking about here, you know, is sort of an interesting trend. And, and it really – we'll see it as we go along here that we're going to be talking about black Norwegian artists. And you know, if you think back, uh, I think, to last year, uh, Gautier, who's Belgian-Australian, was probably the number th- had the number three song of the summer possibility. And we've got a South Af- white South African group. I mean the internationalization – of pop music. It's not you don't have to be a world music nerd to be into world music anymore. You just turn on your radio and it comes flowing out, right? Yeah, I mean top 40 music I think is different than world music even if it's being made by someone from South Africa or uh you know a Dutch guy who lives in Australia, which is what Gauthier is. Uh let's uh, uh grab a call here from I think Navid in New Haven. Hi, you're on the air. Hi Colin. Yeah, this is Navid. Yeah. Uh so what have you got for us? Well, I, I was going to offer a little defense of uh, Iggy Azalea, or, or however you say her name. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I have to confess I'm, I, uh, I'm not too up-to-date with uh, you know, the current music, but I was, I was in uh, the city this weekend uh, staying with uh, some friends, and my friend has a 7-year-old and a 9-year-old. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, singing the hook to this song, crashing the hotel room, and drinking out the mini bar <laughs> and it, I guess it just struck me with the conversation uh, that we're having about whether you know uh, the, the team here or you know we as listeners are too old or if the music is changing I mean I think we're just too old for it uh, I don't it, the the song sound is, is actually it's Correct. I mean, I know that we're saying it's not catchy, but it, it seems like infectiously catchy. Oh, fancy? I would agree. Yeah, In fact, I, I, yeah. just, just to be annoying, I was walking around the hall singing The Hook <laughs> yesterday, and, and Beth Messina, uh, our, our sort of graphics internet czarina, came out and said, don't do that. That song is a brain worm. <laughs> it's going to get stuck in my head now. Uh, I, I think it is catchy. It may, may, may be, I mean, there's two kinds of catchy, right? There's the catchy song that you got in your head and are happy about, 
and then right. there's the kind of song that you Yeah, maybe hated. I'm wrong about that. Maybe it yeah. is catchy, and I just don't like it. You just don't want to get caught. I just yeah, don't I mean, want to hear it. I'd argue fair, even fair that it's argument. not necessarily that we're getting old. I liked last. I didn't like Blurred Lines, but the, the runner-up choice last summer was Get Lucky by Daft Punk, and I thought that was a great song. Yeah. Yeah, I liked both of those songs, actually. Me too. We are definitely getting old, however. Well, yeah, well, can't, but, can't deny that. And <laughs> so Blurred Lines is an interesting... Let's just take a moment before we go to break here to talk about uh, blurred lines, uh, because one reason that that was catchy for us was it was very consciously modeled on a yeah. Marvin Gaye song, yep. so, as mean, the courts are ruling on. <laughs> yeah, although re- I, my recollection was that he, that they preemptively sued. Right? Didn't Robin think pre- he preemptively sued the Marvin Gaye estate? I don't even, didn't even know you could do that. <laughs> you can't sue me. I'm suing you first for <laughs> you wanting to sue me. You can't break up with me. I I'll, break uh, up with you. Right. He sued them for wanting to sue him or something. So um, so anyway, I mean, you know, that's that's one of the problems or not one of the problems. What's one of the solutions really is to create a song that's appealing to a lot of different people. It's appealing to 13-year-old boys because there are naked women in the video. It's uh, appealing to uh, – to people of our generation because there are naked women in the video and because we recognize something. You know, we recognize a groove that we know and we like. And it's fun to dance to. Yeah. And it's rebellious. And, but it's also creepy ultimately. Yeah, sure. You yeah. know, I was talking to the musician Brian Slattery last, last night and he was sort of saying, well, um, you know, he'd like to think that at a certain point Pharrell Williams, who was sort of, you know, the guy behind both Get Lucky both songs. And, and that he looked at the lyrics and went, wait a minute, these are the lyrics. <laughs> Nobody told me these were the lyrics. I have to say, we could do a whole show about blurred lines because, as a very feminist woman, mm-hmm. I disagree. You disagree that it's creepy. That it's creepy. I don't think it's rapey. Yeah, <laughs> you don't think it's creepy or rapey. Right. But uh, that's the, that's the knock against the video it. is yeah, creepy. But yeah, the knock against it is is that it's creepy and rapey. Yeah, right? but I don't with agree that with that. Yeah. Yes, I am. So do you see it as more liberating, like even good girls? No. Well, I see it as. Uh, she has the right to choose, but she's interested in this guy, and maybe she is seeing somebody else. But he says, you know, I know you're not that person, and she might be thinking it over. It's nothing saying that I know you're not that person, and I'm going to make you have sex with me. He's not saying that. Yeah, but um, can you really separate the song from the video? I mean – I can, yes. yeah. yeah. The, the the video that was so intrinsic to the song, up to and including the woman who played the sort of the biggest role in the video, she <laughs> so she, she yes she broke out you know she became she I think Esquire named her the sexiest woman of the year she started I mean she went from being a fairly obscure model to being this kind of huge sensation. Oh, I thought you meant zits. Well, I mean, that may have happened to you. I don't know. I'm not there. Uh, dermat- they have Photoshop for that. Yeah, their dermatology is protected All by that hip- oil by HIPAA. that Robin Thicke was oozing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's pretty oily. All right, we have to take a break. Well, with the oily, the oily pores of Robin Thicke uh, lodged in your brain. Talk about a brain worm. Uh, we're going to come back. Tom and John and Marie, people calling in here. We'll have more when we come back. Got in my car like a jet. All the way to you Knocked on your door With heart in my head To ask you a question Cause I know that you're An old-fashioned man All right, we're back. This is our Song of the Summer show with Eric Danton, Joan Holiday, and Wally Lamb. Did you know that uh, Gautier's real name is Wally? That's what people who, like, who know Gautier, they call him Wally. 
My real name is Gautier. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to be Lamb Shank or something. You were like, coming up with a whole new identity for yourself. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to the phones here. Uh, uh, Marie in East Hartford. Hi, Marie. You're on the air. Hi. How are you? We're fine. Uh-huh. What I want to say is I'm definitely over 50. Mm. I work with uh, teenagers both in school and um, at home. And uh, the, these songs, you're playing all of my favorite songs. I mean, I listen to jazz. I listen to a lot of international and classical music. But these are fun songs. And I would say people should go and look at the videos, especially Fancy and Marry That Girl. They're hilarious. Okay? All right. Thanks so much. Um, although the funniest video is turned down for a while. Uh, I mean, it's I, – I don't know if – I'm not – She's smirking over there that I would even say that, right? <laughs> it's funny. Come on. You're defending blurred lines. <laughs> Turn down for what is yeah. the worst song It's a terrible, ever. terrible song. <laughs> I, I absolutely, completely agree that the song is an absolute failure even on its own terms. Yep. It is a failure. But the video is so funny that it's, you know. I, but I would not even attempt to describe the video because I would lose my broadcasting license. I saw that video uh, the first time <laughs> at the real. gym, and I almost dropped <laughs> barbells on my face. <laughs> it really is funny. All right, 860-275-7266, a lot of people calling in. We should play another song. And so uh, this is actually, as I said, Wally was sort of okay with, um, with Rude by Magic. Uh, but you were, I think, even more than – I think a lot of us felt okay with – uh, Am I Wrong by Nico and Vins. So this is this is a song that's probably not going to make it as the song of the summer. Even if something bumps fancy, it's probably not going to be this. But it's actually the song has come surprisingly close. So let's hear a little bit of it. So as I said before, they are black, they are Norwegian. It's sort of like uh, an Ann Coulter nightmare, basically. They're black, they're Norwegian, they, <laughs> they play soccer. Like soccer. Yeah, they, um, uh, they sound like Sting and a little bit like Gautier and sound like Wally. Um, so, but you, you kind of like this, right? I do because – and I'm, I'm not even sure how to define it, but this song, this sound to me has an authenticity to it that doesn't seem manufactured for, say, Clear Channel. Mm-hmm. And I'm just guessing I, you and I have very similar musical tastes. Uh, He's Joan. pointing at me. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I'm guessing this song's pretty okay with you too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I like this one actually. I really like his voice, and I like the fact that it has a little bit of like more. Uh, God, this sounds so awful. I almost said moral substance, but that is kind of what I mean. <laughs> the it's person like, who defended blurred lines is now calling for moral substance. Well, like it means something. Yeah. And it is not produced for cheap channel, which also makes me happy. Right. And, you know, I mean, these guys must be sort of sitting there thinking, wait a minute, Iggy Azalea is killing us? Um, but a lot of it, there's a lot of things that, that ultimately sort of make or break a song of the summer that, that are, are, are tough to pin down unless you're Eric Din. Well, I mean, the thing is, 
if Fancy is the song of the summer, then none of these other songs are going to dethrone it, regardless of their chart position or anything else. So mm-hmm. it's not like there is a song of the summer until it's dethroned by some right. Norwegian duo who sounds a little bit like Sting duetting with Gautier. No, it's <laughs> there is a song of the summer or there isn't. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that we're that we're sort of debating what it might be suggests that maybe there isn't one this summer. Well, either that, although, I, I mean, the other question is, I mean, does it all have to do with, or, or I guess let me ask it a different way, how much of it has to do with the fact that, you know, out of our sight, 16-year-old and 14-year-old uh, and 19-year-old uh, music enjoyers and, and seven- and nine-year-old kids who are wrecking hotel rooms and drinking out of the minibar or whatever it is they're doing, <laughs> you know, are making those kinds of choices and how much of it is the insidious influence of of commerce and not just Clear Channel but, you know, all the people who get together and try to make a lot of money off this phenomenon. I mean, you know, if in fact something really establishes itself as as one or one of two or three really defining songs of the summer, you know, I mean, how do we think that happens? Well, it is a combination of commerce and teenagers or kids or people who are older than that all sort of converging on something. What is interesting to me lately is that the kid piece of that, the teenager and younger piece of that, it doesn't happen on the radio anymore. It's it's all coming from YouTube. It's coming from streaming music services like that. They are not necessarily pop radio listeners. They find this stuff on YouTube, and that's where they go for new music. Um, let's grab a call here from, well, let's grab uh, Chris uh, on his cell phone. Hi, Chris. Uh, good, good afternoon, everybody. <clears throat> hey, Chris. Um, uh, I, I, I think we are too old to get fancy. In fact, I have I have reason to believe that the Chorus of Fancy was written by the same seven-year-old who wrote, na-na-na-na-na. <laughs> hey, that's copyrighted. You be careful. You can't, oh, you can't oh, sing more know. than two more bars of that song, and we're in court. I'm sorry. We, we haven't paid his ASCAP fee. All right. Thanks very much for that observation. Uh, 860-275-7266 if, uh, if you want to comment. We're talking about the song of the summer, that kind of notion that. So, I mean, you know, I, I guess we all are declinists. You know, we all do. I, it was funny because I put this up on Facebook. I said, you know, what's the song of the summer? And I didn't word it carefully enough. I didn't say, what's the song of the summer of 2014? Because immediately people started talking to me about Sly and the Family Stone and, and, hmm. and stuff like that. It's a song of a summer. Yeah, a song of a summer. But, and, and, you know, even sort of looking back, I mean, I even sort of grabbed the list going way back. So uh, 1981, it was, these are all sort of, sort of commonly agreed on. 1981, Endless Love. 1982, God help us, Eye of the Tiger. Uh, 1983, <laughs> Every Breath You Take by the Police. 1984, When Doves Cry. Uh, 1985, The Power of Love by Huey Lewis in the News. Uh, 86, Papa Don't Preach by Madonna. Uh, 87, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Uh, 88, as I said, Roll With It by Steve Winwood. Um, yeah, but you know, Colin, yeah. I, I have uh, the Billboard number one book, um, and I went back further to uh, Summer in the City. I mean, gee, there was even um, a jackhammer in that song, uh, Light My Fire, um, uh, Miss You, The Stones, uh, Electric Avenue, uh, Eddie oh. Grant. I mean, these are great songs. I don't hear anything like this now. Well, all those songs were more ubiquitous, too. They were they were a lot easier to find, and maybe it's because we were all younger and paying more attention in a certain way then, but you almost, if you are not tuned into that sphere of popular culture, you almost have to go looking for fancy or looking for wiggle. Yeah, yeah. I had successfully avoided them for ages <laughs> <laughs> until Colin made me listen. 
Hence, the, hence yeah. the grouchiness. Uh, 860-275-7266. Matthew tweets, Fancy may not be a, a great song, but at least it isn't as innocuous as Happy. Also, it has Charlie XCX on the hook. We should say that is Charlie XCX, who is supporting, as they now say, uh, the song. Uh, uh, I didn't know that was if that was supposed to be pronounced like the Roman numeral. or. I don't know either. I thought it was. I thought you said X. You say X. I keep looking at you because you're, you know. Yeah, yeah Charlie XCX, who I actually I like her a lot more than I like Iggy Azalea as a general rule. We should play. There's one other song that is somewhere in the mix there. I, I've saw a couple of people uh, have uh, suggested that that it actually is the song of the summer. It's called Problem. Uh, it um, also features Iggy Azalea, although it is not her song. She supports, as they say, uh, this song. It's by Ariana Grande. Uh, this is the song. Problem. I would just parenthetically observe that that sort of buzzy sax sound that you hear that's sort of like King Curtis married with a Vuvuzela or something is, in <laughs> fact, a it's a trope right now. I mean, I hear it. There's actually an annoying Jason Derulo song that also has uh, that sound in it. It doesn't really narrow it down all that much. No, annoying <laughs> Jason Derulo song is not a category shape shaper uh, at all. So... But, you know, I don't know, Joan. I mean, is that, like, really a lot worse? That no, song I don't think that's that bad. I yeah. mean, if I, I DJ weddings, and I would happily play that for people to dance to. You know, it's fine. Will you unhappily play some of these other songs at weddings? If we they refuse, want it. It's not it, my wedding. It, right, right. <laughs> if they want fancy, they get fancy, right? That's right. Um, I don't know. I mean, to me, that's, you know. Yeah. I mean, supposedly the song of 1995, although I dispute this because I think it was Kiss from a Rose by Seal, was Waterfalls by TLC. I don't think that song, this song, I just, that, it, I don't think Problem's any worse than Waterfalls by TLC. I don't think we've fallen that far. <laughs> look at him, look at the face yeah. he's making. <laughs> I mean, first I would argue that Waterfalls was definitely the song of the summer of 1995. But second, I guess this is worse than Waterfalls, but it's certainly not markedly better either. I, I mean... All she says through the whole song, basically, is I've got one less problem without you. It's, it's, are there other lyrics? Because well, I didn't hear any. I have a question. Um, who was, Did she come from TV? You know, I think that's I think right. She, yeah. I think she did. But you know who could tell us? Sophie. Sophie's uh, from Farmington. So, Sophie, do you know where Ariana Grande came from? Where would we know her from before that song? Whatever you're doing, you're making a high whistling sound, and it's it's not the whistling sound that's in uh, Wiggle. Uh, it's a different whistling sound. <laughs> and all right, so I uh, so get away from the radio or turn turn the radio off or whatever you're doing. Right, but hi, so Sophie, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. So what did you have to say? What point did you want to make? I think that because I'm only 12 years old, mm-hmm. that people like me, like that are kids, all around the country, kids like me, they love these types of songs. 
and that just because the people on the show are older than us and have different likes and dislikes, I don't think you should put these songs down because a lot of kids like me, they don't like the songs that are from your time. Absolutely, you speak an, an eternal truth, Sophie. So, so what is your favorite song of the summer? Which one? I mean, is it Fancy? Is that your song this summer? I like um, Rude by Magic. Oh, well, we liked Rude by Magic. Yeah. Even us grumpy old people liked Rude by Magic. Uh, so anyway, thanks very much for calling up. Uh, do you, you don't know the answer to the question, by the way, where we would know Ariana Grande from before she recorded Problem, do you? No, I have no idea. Could you Google it or something? Isn't that what you kids do? You Google things? All right, we have to take a little break here. <laughs> we'll come back after this. Shall I part my hair behind? Do I dare eat a peach? I shall wear white flannel trousers and walk upon the beach. I have heard the mermaids singing each to each. Is that too obviously ripped off from Marvin Gaye? Do you think his estate will sue? Today's show was produced by Betsy Kaplan and me. Our interns are Allison Rhododendron and Brittany XCX. Greg Hill appeared in our intro and tweets for us at WNPR Colin. The part of Bill Curry was played by Sir Mixalot. For show pages, articles, and NSFW videos of the Faith Middleton Show staff dancing to Turn Down for What, visit our website, WNPR.org. On tomorrow's show, the disappearing middle initial. And now... Back to Colin. That's right. We're uh, sort of working off an essay uh, in the New York Times saying that the middle initial, even in an age that craves, as we say, disambiguation, is uh, nonetheless an imperiled thing. I Does use one. You use one? Mm-hmm. You're Eric? R. Danton. Eric R. Danton. Except you when are Eric R. Danton. People forget to put it in bylines or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Do you, you don't, as an author, you don't use a middle initial. Uh, only on my Gmail account, Wally J. Lamb. Wally J. Lamb. Mm-hmm. Wally J. Lamb sounds like, you know, sort of a 50s rock artist, you know, yeah. Wally, Wally J. Lamb. Right, he's going to be in the Elvis thing, you yeah. know, in Jailhouse Rock, yeah. Wally J. Right. Lamb. And you're in a complicated situation because Joan Holiday isn't really your name, and you do sort of have a middle I name. I beg your pardon, sir. It is totally <laughs> my name. It's my other name. It's other name. <laughs> yeah, I still use my middle initial, though, L. All right. So uh, that'll be our, our show tomorrow. So here's what we've done here. We've sort of run through all of the – yeah, you just gave out your Gmail address on the air. That was, like, not a good idea. Yeah, but I never used <laughs> okay. that one. I used my other one. <laughs> uh, so um, so what was I saying? We went, we've really gone through most of the songs that – had a chance of being the song of the summer, and in so doing, have driven away most of our listeners. And now we're actually going to play some songs that our listeners might have liked had they not turned off the radio 20 minutes ago or more sooner. Um, so uh, we're going to start uh, – So, because th- initially when we brought this up, well, everybody had some ideas. This is a song called Call Me by St. Paul and the Broken Bones. We'll play a little of that and uh, say something.
All right. So, uh, as Iggy Azalea would say, can't you taste the gold? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she does say that, actually, in fancy. So, so who, who wants to uh, say something about this song? I mean, these are not songs that have any chance in a million years of being the song of the summer. They're just songs that our panelists wish uh, were more the kinds of things that becomes uh, become the song of the summer. It sounds like they're bringing '68 back. Yeah, it does, yeah. doesn't well, it? Which is what I love. You know, yeah. this is my personal song of the summer. It is your personal song of the summer. Yeah, yeah. So take that, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't make Sophie cry. We just sort of made up with Sophie a she's little bit. She's probably busy googling stuff for you. Anyway. Yeah, she's googling stuff. She's now uh, an intern doing research for us. <laughs> so, um, and so when something is the song of your summer, how does that play out? Is this like blasting out of the Wally Mobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a song that I that I downloaded, I bought, and then um, and then I went out and bought the CD as well um, because I just like I really like the vocal. I, it does have a very retro feel to me. Um, sounds a little bit like the Rascals, which is one of which was one of my favorite groups. Yeah. It's like a collaboration be- between the Rascals and Al Green. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not a bad uh, analogy. Um, they just got together in 2012. St. Paul and the Broken Bones. They're from Baltimore. Really? Yeah, yeah. they're huh. pretty tight. For a band that's only been together two years, so uh, here's just a, we're just going to run through a, a few quick ones just so you kind of get a sense of what else was out there besides Iggy Azalea. I don't, I, you know, I, I feel better and better about Iggy Azalea every time I say her name. Um, so I said uh, Joan Holiday and I have very similar uh, musical taste. This is a song by Spoon, which I like anyway. I mean, I like Spoon, uh, and it's called "Do You." <laughs> This has even caused Eric Danton to tap his finger. I'm a big Spoon fan. I'm glad they are back with a new album and one that is as good as this one is. Yeah, this is. I haven't heard the rest of the album. I really like this song a lot. I'm a big fan of the song Underdog, which I think is one of the great uh, Spoon songs. The best song Spoon song that I happen to know, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I would guess that you would like this because you and I like the same things. I do. There's another song off this album, Rent I Owe. Isn't that it? Rent I Pay? Rent I Pay. Yeah, and I really like that, too. The funny thing about Spoon for me is that they're from Austin, and when I hear that sound, I don't think Austin, no, Texas. No, they sound British, basically. They do. They sound sort of, uh, you know, West End. Or even Lower East Side. Yeah. The Man. singer might live in Portland now. Maybe that uh, that leavens the... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> little Portlandia thrown into the mix. The Britain of the West Coast. Um, <laughs> all right. So we're gonna we're speeding through these and we're running out of time. So uh, let's uh, go to one of Wally's favorites, uh, Tune Yards, which is Meryl Garbus has kind of a Connecticut connection there. Uh, let's hear that. No water in the water.
Did you hear they, they shouted out, Gotye, at one point? Gotye! Gotye! Which is a nice thing for them to do. Well, it's funny, we were talking before about uh, the world music influence in pop, and you can certainly hear it here in, in the polyrhythmic drums that, she's, mm-hmm. that she has in the yeah. song. Mm-hmm. There's also what sounds almost like a shout-out to Buster Rhymes' song, Woo-Ha. Mm. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on here. I like the, I like the experimental sort of almost... Um, uh, anarchy to the to the song, uh, and also the video. I mean, she's um, uh, she's very funny, and um, so so I, I like the fact that she sort of goes out on the limb. Um, she's also very good with standards too, because I've heard her do some more traditional songs. My, I will commit a small bit of tune yards apostasy and say my only complaint with this is it sounds like a lot of other tune yards songs that I've heard. I'm, I'd, I'd like to hear her tackle some standards because to me this is like a little bit m- more of what it's great. It's you know. Her sound is so distinctive that it, she has trouble sort of getting outside of it, I think. Yeah. All right. Very quickly here. Uh, we have very little time left. But I think this is one of yours, Eric, uh, God's Height by Christopher Denny. That's right, yeah. Okay. Do we have uh, – maybe we do like 30 seconds of God's Height by Christopher Denny before we badly run out of time. All right. Let's do it. I was sitting here thinking about how I can't reach you at all. How I get the feeling so small. When I'm next to you, cause you're God's high, you're God's high, I'm walking on stilts, mama, I can't reach you. All right, uh, none of the songs we just played will be the song of the summer, <laughs> none of them will be featured on the soundtrack of Wishing and Hoping, um, <laughs> although if Wally had his way, maybe they would be. Tall but, Paul by Annette will be on there. Yeah, well, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a movie's a period piece. We can't be having 2014 songs on there. Thanks to everybody who participated in today's show. Kion Wolf did a lot of work uh, ripping all this, this music up. Joan Holiday, Eric Danton, Wally Lamb, thanks for being with us. Thanks to our interns. Betsy Kaplan's been man in the board. We'll be back tomorrow with our middle initials strutting their summer stuff. That big fat butt. Oh, yeah. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. I'm Kyone Wolf. I'm wiggling. I'm wiggling. I'm wi- I'm going to the emergency room.